So let's everybody warm up, get to it. And I had So I Married an Axe Murderer on VHS. Ah, I didn't have, have that. But good have movie. you seen that one? It's a oh, classic. Yeah. Long time so ago. good. Long time ago. Long, long time ago. Well, we do have some important stuff to continue on this week. So should we should we talk about? Oh, yeah, that I that, think we that should too. That yeah. too. So last week, okay, we should just do like a short recap. I normally don't like it when people do recaps because I'm like That's just scary. listen to the podcast. That's scary. Short version though, just to tee it up. We're talking about what is worship in a number of different ways. You could kind of talk about the topic. Last week we were. Going down, oh, my chair almost fell over. Uh, last week we were going down um, the path of the governor said that we can't sing indoors for congregational singing. So we were trying to figure out what do we do with that. And I think it was a really cool discussion. I think that we really, um, we, you know, we talked a lot about what the true meaning and depth behind worship really is. Um, and we also talked about how you can balance God's command to, uh, to love him and also love our neighbor and how they can also be intention. Yeah, anyways, we're talking about how just, um, you know, the worship, we get hung up on the exact, I guess, mechanics of worship, and sometimes leave the heart of worship behind. So I think that maybe that's the direction we're going tonight, as we talk about this a little bit more. What did I miss on the sum up? I don't think you missed. The cool thing was, you you actually said that we talked about things that we didn't necessarily talk about that we're going to talk about. Oops. So it was it Sorry. was no it was way it was better because you were already thinking about what we were going to talk about, which was good, which was good. But I will say though that last week Daniel was the one who kind of introduced the concept that we were talking around, which was how do you balance the tension between uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Interestingly enough, I got into a conversation uh, yesterday afternoon with my neighbor about the very same topic. And I said, how about this? What about the tension between these two? But I had to tell him that that's not mine. <laughs> Somebody else came up with that. But he had a really good thing to say. He was like, man, that's really good. I said, yeah, I know. I didn't come up with it, but still, it's good. Solid. I think Seeker is kind of a community property thing. Give it away. So, yeah, we, we all get credit when Daniel has good ideas. So thanks, Daniel. Thanks for that. Hey, anytime. You made all of us smarter than none of us. <laughs> I'm going to have to work that one around in my brain for a minute. It's Inception as well. Uh, but, but you're right. I think what well, we did start kicking around a little bit, uh, we did talk about uh, just kind of how the Pharisees were treating some things, you know, how... How they they were calling out to Jesus that Jesus and team weren't properly following the traditions of the fathers, and Jesus turns right around to them, which is so cool, and says, uh, "Well, what about the commandments of God?" And and so it's almost like they had grown to this place where they they had likely started with the commandments of God, but they had drifted, and they had drifted to a place where they they felt that the traditions of the father of the fathers right of the elders was more important or on equal footing or just scratch that they were what was to be followed and God and Jesus just brought them back to the base he said no 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 what are the commandments of God 
And I know at the end, that's kind of what we started talking about because as, as Jesus then quotes Isaiah, um, he said, in vain they worship me, teaching his doctrines, the commandments of men, right? Um, and he said, with, with, their, with their lips they honor me, but their heart is far from me. And I know that that, that actually goes the other way around. He says that first. Um, and so for us, it's always important um, that we keep our heart in it because as you'll notice, he told the Pharisees that their lips were honoring him, but their heart wasn't in it. So for us, it's about a worship that's focused with the heart. Um, and then next, it's about honoring him in a way that focuses solely on the commandments of God and not commandments of men. Easy to drift there, actually. Easier than I think we give it credit. Um, well, we might be touching on that more tonight because maybe we'll come to a conclusion that we might have done just exactly that to some extent, possibly. No, I definitely have. Yeah. I think it's hard to kind of look at our worship and not see where that happens. But that's very much part of why we take these opportunities to examine, right? Why we take these these moments to think about mindfully what it is that we do when we gather together for worship because sometimes do we sometimes make build this wall between what we do on Sunday morning that we typically call worship mm -hmm. and what we ought to be doing all the time what we call worship mm -hmm. um, right like isn't isn't that worth examining? And so when we have to kind of take a look at one part of it, maybe maybe it's not necessarily about examining this one part and deciding, are we doing this right? Are we doing this um, in an effective way? Maybe it's worth thinking about the big concept, right, of how we approach God, period. Mm -hmm. um, because I think... I think it's easy to get distracted from that part when we spend so much time worrying about the minutia of it, right? Like you said last week, Julian, the two songs, the prayer, the song, the supper, the prayer. Um, we can get distracted from the, the we, we can miss the forest for the trees, right? Um, where we get so focused in on, on the things we do, we forget the why we do them. Or we forget the who we do them for. And so I think it, it, it just, for me, it's just really kind of, it begs the question, what are we doing? Period. What are we doing as a body of Christ, as disciples of Jesus? What are we doing in this world as we seek to walk by the light, right? What is it that we're about? What ought we to be about? And how, where's the disconnect? Mm -hmm. Well, this is big. This is one big bowl, man. Let's just go at it in 80 different ways and let's see how, how many thousands of episodes we get for this. <laughs> I was thinking about something completely different and the way you just talked through that made me think about it in a different, slightly different way. Because, you know, sometimes uh, when you're in a particular situation, um, people like to use the term, how did we even get here? Mm. And... And if we ask ourselves, well, how did we even get where we are right now? Not that it's good or bad, but how did we get here? And how we got here 
like I, I don't even have all the facts for how we got here. Like if I if I if if I took my personal story and said how did I get here? Well, I know how I got to my relationship with Jesus, and, and I could talk about how it's grown or how it's changed. But in terms of worship, the I think what what you just said is very clear that we would kind of separate those conversations. We would say mm. this is how I came to Jesus. And we, we might even say, and this is how I'm living in light of the amazing adoption of which I've, I've been allowed to participate in through the blood of Jesus. And then we would draw the line with chalk and step over it and say, now here's how I worship. Yeah. And, and because of what you just said, now I'm changing the way I'm, I'm speaking about this. It, it's that chalk line that I think we should observe because... I don't know it needs to be there. Um, and I know I've said this before, but if you if you take worship itself out of the context of God and Jesus and Christianity, but and you just layer it on to like how people would worship a king, a king is worshiped anytime you're in his presence. There is a way that you prostrate yourself, there is a way you behave, there's a way you come into his presence. Um, there is a massive amount of respect that you show, and you never ever skimp on doing that. Uh, number one, with a king, especially back in the day, it was quite dangerous. And we see that in the book of Esther. Like, she even calls it out. She was like, I can't even approach him unless I'm summoned. And then once I'm there, I, I need to be careful how I, how, how I address him, right? And if we think about that concept, um, then we would say, cool. I will do that when I'm in the presence of the king. I will do that when I'm in the presence of God. I will do that when I'm in the presence of Jesus. And then what we start to do is we say, and that occurs every Sunday morning, 9.30, depending on where you are, right? If you're in the South, Mm. that occurs from 9.30 to 2.30. But if if you're not (laughs) in the South, (laughs) that occurs like 9.30 to 11.30. Well, it doesn't come in the Bible the class time though, because Bible yeah, class, well, yeah, I gave wait. it nine, did not nine thirty. The official, the official start time for Bible class, we all know, is ten thirty, and there are a couple of heretics that moved it to nine thirty. <laughs> we know that, uh, but but this is the time I'm in the presence of God, and then we're careful to call out that we're not really in the presence of God if we assemble any other time during the week, not really, mm. right? And, mm-hmm. But there are these things that we do while we're not really in the presence of God, that we say are part of the list of things that we do, that only if we do these things that we are actually worshiping. And it begins the conundrum of the chalk that I think we're like, we're separating the two things. And I would say, and I know you guys would too, that if you use the same example of the king, this king is omnipresent. We are always, always in his presence. There's not a time we're not. So if we're always in his presence, then we sure better always be about worship and about a penitent heart and always bowing before him. And I think for me, that changes a lot, right? right? Because then it's not just about, did I do my two songs in a prayer? It's about all these other things. And I know we'll go there, but Daniel called out Romans 12, uh, 1 and 2 last week. But it's about all these other things that we do that are worship. Mm-hmm. Oh, 
Let's let's say what Romans twelve one and two is because I can't remember if we said it during the podcast or as we were just chatting. So it's Romans twelve says, "I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by the testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect." Yeah, so I'd definitely be praying right now that um, as we we do this, I think we're challenging the concept of what is worship right now. And um, I feel like that this is um, testing to see what is good and acceptable and perfect. Because mm-hmm. if God smacked down people for offering strange fire, trying to reach out and stabilize an ark, um, you know, I think that what God wants and expects out of us is not to be taken lightly. And, um, you know, we put, we, we have what we think it is, we put it in a box and we've protected it for a long time. Um, but let's look at it. Let's say, is, is that thing that's put in a box and called Sunday worship good and accept, acceptable and perfect? Well, that's, that's the question, isn't it? I mean, the specific question that we're dealing with, right? And... It's, I th- to me, this discussion op- opens up other avenues of, of asking that question in, right? Because we think about some of those great big commands Paul gives us. Pray without ceasing. What? How do I do that? <laughs> in everything you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord. What? Mm-hmm. How do I do that? Mm-hmm. Um, be anxious for nothing. The the big commands that we think about, right? The great, big, all-encompassing things. Those ought to help us inflate this idea of worship, right? To where it encompasses all of those things. Um, and so figuring out the good and acceptable and perfect will of God it's bigger than that Sunday morning box. It's bigger than our what we do when we get together. It's 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 bigger than that because the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God is to be conformed to the image of His Son, mm-hmm. and that's a that's a process that we don't just sort of we don't just shake out that Jesus suit once a week and put it on on Sunday morning and then think we're conformed. We're not. We're simply not, if that's the attitude we take toward it. It's an ongoing process of interior renovation. And sometimes it means you got to tear some things down to build what is good, acceptable, and perfect. Um, We have... Example after example of that in Scripture, First Corinthians chapter six, um, is a perfect example of that. But over and over and over again, that what we see in Scripture isn't Paul teaching us, isn't Peter teaching us, isn't James and John teaching us. This is how you behave on Sundays. They're teaching us. This is how you behave as a person. Yeah. This is this is what discipleship looks like. And it doesn't just happen for an hour a week, and it doesn't just happen when you're with a certain group of people. It happens all the time. And so to, to 
inflate this idea of worship to include our everything, right? Sometimes people in the church will talk about, you know, you got to have balance. No, you don't. (laughs) Jesus was the most unbalanced person you will ever come across. There was no balance in Jesus' life. He was 100% focused and dedicated on God. That was his only, only goal, doing the will of the one who sent him. That's unbalanced. There's no balance in Paul's life. There's no balance in James or in any of John's letters. There's no balance in the Psalms. There's no balance in David. Um, It's full and complete and total commitment with heart, body, soul, and mind. And so I'm probably getting way far afield here. But I don't know if, if that's a bad thing in context of thinking about what is worship and how do we approach God. Yeah, I don't think it's I don't think you're missing or getting us too far afield at all. I think that it really just does force the conversation and focus us on what is truly important. Um, yeah, because I think yeah, I, we've said it before on this podcast. If you if you've listened to us before, I think you're probably getting the theme that we let ourselves off the hook a little too easy sometimes, mm. <laughs> right? So so yeah, what does it mean to live a life? I mean, again, coming back to chapter twelve, which I read just a minute ago. I mean, in, in short, it says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. He defines what worship is. It's presenting your bodies as a living sacrifice, which sounds unbalanced. Like, you know, it's, and of course, if you're, you know, okay, so just so that people don't freak out. If, if you're living a, a life according to God's will in an unbalanced way, you will keep God's commandments ruthlessly. Right, mm-hmm. which means taking care of your family, taking care of you know, right? It, it goes it goes into all that, right? But your life is dedicated to God, everything surrounding it, um, and I, we don't want to. I don't think we want to go that way because it means like we don't get to do all the stuff that we want to do that is just fun for us now, right? Like, is my life around cycling? Is my life around? whatever you know remodeling the house you know like that kind of stuff like if that and that's the problem i think that mm, satan wants that to be our life really bad if that's our life then he doesn't have to worry or then yeah then he doesn't have to worry about us being spiritual creatures anymore now we're creatures that get to go to worship three days a week and say man i go to church three days a week obviously i'm good right and Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. If, if, if our affection is around um, only, only what happens on Sunday, then I would say that I would say our affection is, is not for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and that no, no one takes that as a punch in the gut until you examine yourself like you just like you just said, Jesse. If you say, well, well what happens on Monday? Right. And what happens on Tuesday? And what do you think on, you know, Thursday? Because Wednesday's the day where you don't worship, but you do some things that are worshiping. And, and Thursday and Friday and Saturday, like, who are you? You know, and, and do you do you come back to Romans twelve one? Then do you do you uh, 
present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. There, There's this, and that's why I say, I take us back to the tradition piece. There is a, there is a feeling that I have on Sunday mornings. Maybe you guys don't. But you almost feel a little different on Sunday mornings. You know, it's like, it's Sunday. And I'm not going to even start to take anything away from Sunday because I I would I would still argue that there is much importance around Sundays. Um, but there is a feeling that you have around Sunday and it feels like it it, it sort of reaches its its um, its height around the time that you say a prayer or now we sing a song and then we exit. And then it, it's like you start coming down off the mountain a little bit. And, and I'm not sure that, that that's a good thing. You know, we, we, we are enjoying and should have our joy hard set um, in Jesus and the hope of eternal salvation. That's, that's actually there all the time. You know, and, and, and the problem is, if you are not joyful in this fact outside of Sunday, then you may not share this joy outside of Sunday. You know, you, it's like people can look at you and see what you're like bursting forth with. And, and if somehow we box it into Sunday, to use uh, Daniel's words from a minute ago, I'm concerned with myself that outside of Sunday, it may not, my living sacrifice might not just bubble out of my, out of my mouth and just all over the place, right? I won't explode mm -hmm. with it. But quite frankly, that's when I see all the people who need to see it, you know? If I were taking Jesus's words from Matthew 5, like, this is when I need to, probably more than ever, shine his light in a world that's dark. Amen. Mm-hmm. I think there is tremendous value in gathering together as a church. God gave us the church for a reason. He put us together with um, his adopted children for, you know, for a purpose. And part of that purpose is to encourage and lift one another up. Part of that purpose is to... Um, teach and admonish one another, to build one another up, to equip each other, to do the work of ministry outside of that specific context, that specific mental space that we're in when we're together, right? It's a safe place for us to come and to confess our sins to one another. It's a safe place for us to come and um, weep with those who weep and to, to laugh with those who laugh. It's a safe place for us to come and uh, remember the sacrifice of Christ, to proclaim his death until he comes. God knows that we needed that, and so he's provided that avenue for us. It's that we limit it. It's that we forget that sometimes. Maybe it's, it's, maybe forget is the wrong word. Maybe it just, it grows a little bit dim sometimes. When we're, and, I've felt this many times where it feels like we're just ticking the box, right? We're getting our, our name checked off on the attendance sheet so that nobody calls us this week and finds out and asks where we were. 
or it's just, it's, what else am I going to do today, right? Like, you get this kind of, like, resigned feeling. Um, but there, there's tremendous value in gathering together with the church. Not going to church, that's not a thing. It's gathering with the church, with those called out, with those redeemed of God, um, to, to draw that benefit and strength from. Um, Commune together that way. Yeah, let me. Are, are... Is you breaking up? Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I thought you broke up for a second. I, was, I did. I, I was just gonna um, give an example of this, and um, sorry, I, I don't mean to um, interrupt. Though, are you are you finished with your train of thought? Or yeah, I yeah, yeah. Come back to mm-hmm. it? Okay. Um, so. Yeah, looking at, I guess, in a little bit more tactical way, because I, I agree, I think Sunday is, is super valuable, and we're not going to try and take anything away from it. But in, look at Ephesians chapter 5. And um, when we talk, typically talk about how important it is you know, to be together, to worship together, a lot of times we'll call up verse 19, which says, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and we'll talk about how important it is to be you know, singing together um, and making melody. Um, but let me read this passage. I'm going to read it fast because I know we don't have all the time in the world, but I'm going to read from the start of chapter 5 here. And let's look and see when it says to do this on Sundays. Okay, so it says, Therefore be imitators of God, chapter 5 be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God but sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints let there be no filthiness nor foolish talk nor crude joking which are out of place but instead let there be thanksgiving For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, or who is covetous, that is, an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look inside, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of your time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Whew, you have to forgive me. <laughs> that was a long one. But um, 
I I think I had to I had to do it. I had to do it because it paints <laughs> such an amazing picture. And Julian, you brought this up to me last week, so I'm kind of stealing your idea on this again. Yeah. Thanks, Daniel. Um, but we, <laughs> but this is so much more than just the one verse we pull out saying, "See, we're supposed to sing." Box check, right? Like that's what we do with the verse. But there's so much in here that is important that is a lifestyle it's how how we uh offer our spiritual sacrifice through these things and um and and, we just like to check boxes (laughs) you know oh man Uh, you know what you just said is very true if we if we take ephesians 5 19 and we lock it into sunday Mm -hmm. um the the question you have to ask yourself then is the way that you walk in love with each other, um, the way we treat each other, our attitude, like Ephesians 5, 4, um, the, what, what we do to, to find ourselves acceptable within the Lord because of the blood of Jesus is down in verse number 10. Do we only do that on Sunday? And see, we would definitely say absolutely not. We would say no. Right. And I, I like the way you said this. All of this speaks to how we have to like behave, like how we are walking and stumbling, falling down and walking in the Christian uh, life. And, and, and then he kind of funnels it into this talk about then this is the relationship between Christ and the church and like how this beautiful thing comes together. But if I go back to your question, do I look at this? and see Sunday, I'd say, I see seven days a week. I don't, I don't necessarily see Sunday. I mean, I I know we pull this out to use it on Sunday, but I, I, from, from this, I'd say from the book of Ephesians, I would, I would not come to the conclusion that the reason why I'm singing on Sunday is because Ephesians 519 has commanded me to do it on Sunday. Right. Obviously, singing is important, and it is commanded. I mean, there's many places that talk about the need to sing. But is it limited to Sunday? And the answer is no. And actually, the answer, even better answer is, it should not be limited to Sunday. If you're only singing on Sunday, that sounds more in contradiction to what we see in the Scripture than anything. I agree. Does it not? Mm-hmm. I would agree. I think that's yeah. right. Yeah. Now, does that mean like corporate, like you have to be with, uh, you must have, you know, over 10 people to be considered a congregation <laughs> and singing together, you know, to check the box properly? No, right? I mean, like our, our hearts should be in a position where like we sing, right? Like I've got a two-year-old that she loves to dance and sing. The second music's on, she's jumping up and down and singing, right? Like she's just kind of, she's just into that. Our relationship should be with God in such a way that we can't help but sing. David's relationship with God, he couldn't help but be making music and dancing, right? So, I mean, like, there's so much, um, so much welling up within us that we shouldn't be able to keep it down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would say, um, I'm not even sure what I would say about commandment. I'll put that to the side. We could do that later. But I will say, (laughs) I will say that it is... It is a, it's a strong suggestion because he's saying you need to like, 
behave this way, right? Behave this way. And like you said, it's going to come out. It's not what goes into a man that defiles a man, but what comes out of a man that defiles the man. And out of the heart, according to Proverbs, a man speaks, right? So is it's not the bad stuff, but the good stuff that comes out. And if what's constantly filling you up are the psalms and the hymns and the spiritual songs and the, the things that are good about the Lord, think on these things. If all those things are the things that fill you up, then what should come out should be what makes joyful noise to the Lord. Like they, what the expression of your heart should flow out of your mouth. And, and that should uh, just kind of push you along, propel you along. It's hard not to think of like a Disney movie where like um, S- uh, Snow White is walking through the forest and like all the animals are singing and the whole thing's happening. And I know that seems cheesy, but this is actually, I think, how he wants us to behave and live. It's like so that the day, how we live and behave becomes, it is, is an expression of song and it happens. Um, but back to what you were saying is that should we limit it to Sunday? Absolutely not. But then on the flip side, does this mean that this has to occur on Sunday? Hmm. Now, I'll, I'll let you guys, uh, just, uh, be super quiet and not answer that, but... <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> well, it, it, and, and this is why I think it requires, like you said, the serious examination and not because there's something wrong with a tradition, right? There's nothing wrong with that. Here, clearly, it's been said that there is goodness in singing. Jesse, I don't know if you remember bringing this up, but you once said the cool thing about Ephesians 5.19 is that when your kids are little... And even us, even as adults, but especially when your kids are little, one of the ways that they learn so much scripture is they learn it through songs. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm watching my my youngest too right now. You know, they're they're singing, they're racking up the Keith Lancaster, and I'm thinking, wow, how do you even know this song? Like, I haven't, I have not sat down with you and said these are the words. You know. Um, but it's only because we play it and they hear it and they go, yes. And so they are actually learning as we sing with them, just just as this scripture says. But if we believe that this is just for all times, and all of these all of Ephesians is telling us this is daily living, well, how does it operate then? Have we have we confined something that's daily into a day? And then if it couldn't happen on a day, then what do we do? Like, hmm. would on Monday, if you couldn't, if you didn't sing on Monday, do you see it the same as if you didn't sing on Sunday? Oof, I wish I hadn't said it that way. <laughs> but that's what I was really well, I getting th- to. I, th- I think what ought to happen is that we take, we, 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 and I, I want to kind of use Ephesians as a framework to get here, right? Because Ephesians is like this great big freight train, right? It's this this giant, rolling mass of unstoppable energy and power that's coming at us. And it starts in verse one, verse 3 of chapter 1. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. That's the engine that's driving it, right? 
And we get there because we were dead in our trespasses and sins, chapter 2 and verse 1 of Ephesians, but God, verse 4 of chapter 2, but God being rich in mercy, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. So we've got the gospel right there, bang, we've got Christ right there bringing us in with him. He's making peace. He's tearing down walls. He's building up bridges. He's joining us together into one body. Jew, Gentile, slave, free, man, woman, all of us together, all of us working this way. We are the mystery, right? We are the mystery that was hidden from angels way back in the day. We're it. And we've got, chapter 1, verse 19, this power, right? We've got this power. It's the same power that raised Christ from the dead, and it's driving us forward from death to life, mm-hmm. from alienation to family, from enmity, from struggle and strife with God to peace, right? It's driving us. And because of all that, Paul says in verse 4, because of, or chapter 4, verse 1, because of all that, walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, right? And then he gets into these kind of spiritual attitudes, these kind of fruit of the spirit type places where we need to be. But all of this continues to drive us. It's not just what we do on Sunday. It's who we are because we were dead and we are now alive. It's who because we were strangers without hope, without God, and now he is able to far more abundantly than all we ask or even imagine, according to his power within us. What that does is that means we can't but sing and make melody in our hearts for God. It's we can't but give thanks always and for everything. It's we, we can't but submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. It's because the gospel drives us. It's Acts 4, verse 20. We can't but speak the things that we have seen and heard. Um, it's, it's when, we're, when we remember what we're all about and what we're all about, what we need to be all about every, every day is the good news of Christ Jesus. He died the death that was ours to die. He was the sacrifice we could never be. The gift was free because we could never in a million years earn it. And his sacrifice covers me in my sins, right? Because of that, how could I not sing and make melody in my heart to God, right? Who needs booze? We've got the Spirit empowering us, compelling us, driving us forward every single day to be changed to be better than we were before, to be different than what we were, to be transformed in the renewing of our minds, not conformed to this world, not afraid and ashamed and worried that we're going to look like weirdos. We are weirdos. We we just <laughs> are. That's what happens when you move from death to life. Dead people look at you and think you're strange. You know what? We are strange. We've got good news We've got a reason to rejoice in Christ. We've got a hope for tomorrow. And we ought to be singing with 
everything we've got every single day. Praise, glory, and honor to God our Father in heaven. <laughs> wow, that was a, that, that, was, that was is that was me good. on my soapbox. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Almost buckled under the pressure. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> nice. I don't know how to follow that up. Hmm. Julian, you do it. Julian's got it. I I don't really I don't I don't know what else I'm, I'm gonna say. I think he I think he I think what I did I asked one question and he yoded the the answer uh, <laughs> with with <laughs> with a bit of a different sort of answer and a question. Mm-hmm. But I would agree that every day I did say that. I would agree that every day is every day is right. Um, uh, here, here's what I'm gonna say because I'm I'm going right back to the knife that I hopped off of. I'm hopping right back. <laughs> I think. I think we're going back there. <laughs> you better believe it because I believe everything what Daniel said is correct. But see, that's the way to think about it. Like that's the way to approach it. Yes. Because this is this is this goes back to the other passage that I started with. In vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men, right? That that what has happened is that traditions have overridden the heart, that the traditions of the Father have overridden the commandments of God. And the commandments of God have not changed, and they've always been about the heart, and they've always and he's always been seeking ours, and so that we have a changed one because we've submitted to him. So everything Daniel said, I agree with about we are kind of crazy and we are peculiar. We are weird. And it should make us because of the hope that we now have in Jesus. It should make us be in this place where we where everything is every day. You know, we should burst forth every day. Absolutely. I totally agree. And what we should be very careful of. Here's where I was flipping the pancake. We should be very careful that we don't create a tradition that transgresses the law of God. Like it doesn't snuff out, choke out uh, the heart of what God wants us to do, which is be joyful all the time. Amen. Right. All right. So let's ask the question then. Um, Because you asked it earlier. um, I did. is, is, Is singing requirement for Sunday. I mean, you could really think of it the whole way that we typically refer to the five acts of worship, right? Preaching, praying, singing, giving, and the Lord's Supper um, are all part of the box, essentially, that we've put worship in and, you know, created the, you know, the five acts of worship concept around. Um, and so that's, that's, that's a question that I've got, um, is how much of that because, I mean, certainly every single component of that, you know, preaching, praying, singing, giving, Lord's Supper, like you see all of that in Scripture, right? But how much of it actually is like surely tied down to Sunday worship? And how much of it is just like, a, you know, a, a thing that we just do because, hey, we're together on Sunday anyway, so we might as well do those things on that day. And then, we, you know, without... I mean, I hate to say it again, but then we can have check everything off the list because we're together, we get it all done, it's convenient, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and I'm not trying to say people that, you know, believe these things and do these things on Sundays are just all trying to check boxes. Obviously, everyone comes to worship with a different um, frame of mind what they're doing that day. 
So I don't want to oversimplify it either. Okay, I'll I'll start. For all the for all the reasons that Daniel talked about Ephesians, for all of those reasons I would say that absolutely everything is what the Lord is looking for every day. And that's going to feel cloudy and overdone, but I believe that's right because he is always looking for our heart. We're mm-hmm. always in a state of worship. So if he is telling, if he is saying, say, um, speak to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, make melody in your hearts to the Lord. He didn't say, and do this on Sunday in worship. He says, this is your lifestyle. Right. He said, because this is your yeah. lifestyle. Yeah. So then I would say, for a different reason, not because of five acts, because, hmm, not because of five acts, but because he said, this is who you are, right? I would say the same thing about uh, Colossians 3.16, and I know I'm going to get email about this one, right? I would say that that's, that's also not telling me that just in Sunday, it says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Um, I, I would not say that that's what the Lord's looking for because it's Sunday. Right. Mm-hmm. Because the problem is then you have to deal with the other verses around it. Verse 15, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which also you were called in one body and be thankful. You better figure out how to do that outside of Sunday. Verse 17, And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the God and the Father through him. Daniel called that out a minute ago. you got to figure out how to do that outside of Sunday. Mm-hmm. Right? So I think a danger is, and this is where I'll get plenty of email and texts, <laughs> <laughs> the danger is that we built a tradition around things that God has told us to do all the time. We boxed it in to certain days and said, we will do these on these days. And therefore, they are a commandment from God and a requirement on these days like this. Um, but the interesting thing is that we have brothers and sisters all over the world who don't do what we do on Sundays. And you would say, well, are they pleasing to God? Well, I would... I would let the Bible say that they absolutely are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I would start. This is probably, we can get deep in this and I want to, but Jesse, that that would be my answer. And if you, if you want to really, really put me against the wall and make me say, well, what if you didn't sing on Sunday? I would say, well, did you sing on Monday? And And then we would have that question, but I would say, but what does your heart say? What, what kind of heart do you have? Like, what, what is bursting forth from you, right? And I believe that answers the question. Hmm. Amen. Yeah, it seems like if, if, uh, if your heart is in the right place and you can't help but sing and make melody to the Lord in your heart, right? Because you're just so filled with His Spirit and just like everything that you said, Daniel, on, on Soapbox, um, <laughs> which is so well done because you just teed up why why is it so important why do we do this why do we care so much um if if that is in your heart then when we get together on sunday yeah we're gonna sing mm-hmm. i think right because yeah 
that's what you do. And when I see my brothers and sisters, I'm so happy to see them and so happy to be there, you know, like sharing in the faith together um, that I'm more moved than any other day of the week to sing because of the energy they give me and like the unity and brothers and sisters all around, like makes me want to sing. Um, so, but is that, is, is, is that a commandment that it's like you, you sing cause it's Sunday, you know, no, we sing cause we're together and we love each other and everything's come together. So we're going to share in that together. Song is like a crazy thing because it is an experience that we all share together uh, because when we're all singing, our voices all blend together. We create harmonics together because like the different notes that we sing overlap and they make these chords and, and our bodies have reactions to the sounds we make. Our emotions respond to just the, the notes and the chord progressions without even having the words in it alone. Like singing is so powerful and such a moving experience that when we get to blend a bunch of voices together, it's just so powerful um, and brings us closer together. But is, is that um, a standalone commandment to do that on Sundays? No, I think it's just, it just depends on how you think about it. We sing when we're together because we can't not sing, right? I think that's it. I think that's it right there. It's. I don't think it's a commandment because I don't think it has to be. Um, it shouldn't have to be. Not if we're. Not if we're truly. Um, walking in the light as He is the light. Not if we're abiding by the Spirit and tied into Christ the way we ought to be. It's try and stop me, right? <laughs> right, right. It feels like that ought to be the de sort of the default position. Right. Well, and I think that kind of ties back in the circle to what we talked about last week. The governor says, no, you mm -hmm. can't sing in a congregation anymore. And, um, and whether people are feeling a visceral reaction to that because their heart is so full of the love of God that they just can't help but sing, or because they really just need to be able to like, make sure that that's something that's done on Sunday morning worship. Um, like the, you know, when, whenever our, our strong position that we've got in our heart is challenged by another authority, um, it really does t take us back and make us step, you know, step back and say, man, how do we deal with this? You know, do we deal with this? Do we comply? That kind of stuff. And so, um, yeah, so no wonder this can become a heated topic. <laughs> and I'm sure there's a lot of people that aren't going to agree with us. Um, so tell us where we're wrong. Uh, leave some comments in YouTube here. Um, our goal is that the truth is taught to the best of our abilities. Um, and... I think that um, that's you know that's what we're trying to do here. But if you, if you see holes, I mean, we'd love to hear about them because uh, we don't have it all figured out. We're not all um, you know doctorates in divinity or you know whatever it is, right? So yeah. And we did get a we got a fantastic email last week, and I didn't I don't know oh, yeah. if the person wants us to share their name, so I'm not going to. But we got it. Thank you. Great email. We want to hear from everybody who's listening, weigh in on this subject. Let us know what you think. I, I wouldn't have ended it like that because I, st I, st I, I slightly disagree. I don't, I don't, I, I would. <laughs> That's and why I we was, didn't end it. I was trying to do it though. I was going to say that if, if it's, if we do it Sunday, then why don't we do it on, because we see each other all the time. 
And we're the church. We are the church, right? See, that's the thing. That's that, that, the better question, I yeah, think. That, that, that's what I was getting. When you ended, Jesse, I was going to say, cool. Then, Because you actually made a point that still is a point. Why Why were we been out of shape on, when, the, when we got the governor's edict? And you said it. You said it could be from one of two reasons. It could be because we said, but I'm bursting forth. Like, I got to get this out. Or... I got to check this box and see, I think if it's, we got to check this box, we're back to traditions. If it's I'm bursting forth, then I would also say, then why aren't we bursting forth every time we see each other? I think that's the much better question than like, or talk should to we or shouldn't we on Sunday? Yeah. Sorry, I asked it wrong. No, 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 you, <laughs> no, you <laughs> didn't. You teed it up. I yeah, was just trying, we started talking about the other things and I was trying to figure out how I could, get it in there but we're still we're still recording yeah no, that's um, good. yeah episode's not dead yet <laughs> yeah <laughs> well the the way we're a little bonus bonus material at the end bonus you can hack this the bonus would be now what do we do about the other days yeah, that's and are what, they I, important? I, I don't want to face that one julian that sounds like a lot more work for me <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if you're you serious, can, nor do I know how to cut it. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm being sarcastic. I mean, uh, I, that's the thing. When you're renewing your mind, when you're looking at something from a fresh perspective, the unfortunate reality of doing that is if you discover something different than you've done for 40 years of your life, like that might mean you have to change something. And that is no easy thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would almost right now I could be changed, but I would almost still stand by kind of how I entered the conversation, but definitely thinking about it completely different where I would say if I had not sang on Sunday, I don't, I don't think that the Lord would be displeased with me. And I don't know where the scripture is that says that he would. However, I would say that he would be equally displeased with me if I wasn't singing on Sunday as every other day of the week. If do you know what I mean? Because like, I don't know where the boundary for Ephesians is. My whole life I've been told that the boundary for Colossians is around a worship service and I don't see it in there. In fact, I would say that about the only, only section of scripture where I find singing as a combined church family is probably in like first Corinthians. And so I, I would I would take the, let's call it the long view or the kind of the macro view that Daniel created back from Ephesians and say, I think it's almost a little dangerous to box this thing in and say, and here's where the law starts and stops, because I think we get into the same question that Jesus asked them, why aren't you following the commandments of God? Not why didn't you keep up with the traditions of the fathers? Mm-hmm. Hmm. it's really hard to get your mind wrapped around that if you're not looking at these verses through the preconceived kind of lens of this is about wor- worship this is about corporate worship um, then what do you do with, yeah what do you do with it outside of that because if you take that lens away and just look at it and just say this is just a general statement period every day of your life this should be a valid verse just like the verse before it and the verse after it 
Um, yeah. What? Yeah. I mean, it really does make you feel like your rest of the week service is inadequate. And really, uh oh, <laughs> ding ding. And really, that service. <laughs> Here we go. That service is what we talked about at the beginning, which is a living sacrifice, a living sacrifice. Like it just is part of you. This it, is another episode, you guys. It is. <laughs> oh boy! All right, all right. Well, this one's gone long enough, so maybe we should let the peeps off the hook. See you next time. <laughs> We're coming right back. If, oh yeah. If, <laughs> I don't see how we can. If my car doesn't get burned, I'm coming back. <laughs> All right. Have a good one, y'all. See you. Bye.